Welcome everybody to Letter Now, a podcast where we nurture the hand-lettering masters of tomorrow, today. My name is Martina Flor. I'm a lettering artist, author, educator, and the host of this show. And today I have an awesome guest to talk about dealing with pressure and meditation. How can we avoid feeling guilty taking a rest when the deadline is coming up? How do you manage multiple projects with the same deadline? How do you distinguish resting from being lazy? How do you deal with the pressure if you don't want to meditate? And to discuss and find an answer to all of these questions, I have my guest, Luke Lucas, here with me. Luke is a freelance creative art director, illustrator, designer, and typographer who has been in the creative industries for years now and has recently become a teacher of ventric medication, uh, meditation. Hi, Luke. How are you doing today? Hello. Nice to, nice to be here. So happy to have you in the podcast. Um, I've been following your work for a while, Luke, and while most of the things you share were artwork or things related to the creative work you do, you recently started sharing more about this other side of you and um, your experience with meditation and the fact that you have become a teacher in ventric meditation, um, which wasn't that visible for many of us. Like it was a little bit of a surprise for me and um, I really got um, interested in like hearing what you have to say about this and what your experience is. So to kick off your conversa the conversation, I'd like to ask you um, first, how do these two things um, combine together right now in your life? How, you know, doing creative commercial work and uh, for clients and teaching meditation combine in your daily life? Um, well, I guess I've always been, I've been meditating for a very long time. So I've, I've had a meditation practice throughout my the majority of my career, and um, and becoming a teacher felt like a, a natural kind of progression. Really, it's something that um, I guess I've been I've been practicing for a long time, and I felt like I, I wanted to share it because it's been really helpful for me. So, in terms of managing my time and um, the two hats, I guess I um, I just uh, block out time for each, I guess, and and, and work on it that way. That's so interesting because I think, I think for many of us, where I, I've been, you know, recently realizing that, um, you know, many of us have been, you and me, for instance, have been in this industry for a while, and um, and I've I've noticed that, you know, throughout time, our interests and the things we do sort of change or transform um, or transition into other things, and it's really fascinating to see, like, to discover this side of you and this, like, a new side of other creatives out there. Because oftentimes we think that, hey, this is something new or this is something that um, you know is out of the blue, but actually you have been developing this throughout all of these years and perhaps now you are coming to talk about it or to make it public or whatever but this is something that has always been happening in um you know in in your life right um and a few months ago you you made a post on your instagram account um on how you started meditation and you mentioned that you always had a busy mind um and this is why you lean towards meditation right and I believe that 
many of us creatives can relate to the feeling of having a busy mind. And I know that many of the listeners of this podcast are illustrators or lettering artists, and they are also freelancers maybe. So I guess our everyday life is a mix of doing creative work and at the same time dealing with the pressure of client deadlines and also the pressure of staying current in the industry and being present on social media, which, you know, I feel it, this creates a mix that is, it's just terrible for our well-being, right? So, so did you lean into meditation as a coping mechanism with this busy mind or this pressure that you felt as a creative? Yeah, very much so. And I, I guess I got into it. I got into meditation prior to being a, a full-on creative, I guess. So I, I knew that I had a, um, a really busy mind through my teen years and um, didn't really know how to deal with it. I knew that when I was like skateboarding or if I was playing guitar or um, running or doing doing something quite active, mm. I could find, I found that that kind of distracted me from my mind. But when I stopped doing all that stuff, if I wanted to even like try to sleep, then my mind would go crazy. And I'm, I'm not sure if it's like a being a creative, you, you're you um, the way our minds work or it's just the way my mind works. But um, I, I just couldn't, it, it became um, sort of unbearable. And I, I started developing some pretty bad habits to try and deal with that. And uh, my dad actually uh, suggested I try meditation. That's sort of how I got into mm. it. I started going to this place sort of once once a week, and um, they they sort of it was a Buddhist uh, Buddhist meditation center, mm -hmm. and they would sort of talk about different philosophies and um, that they had with regards to different bits and pieces. And and um, then then it would end with a, a group meditation at the end. And and out of the back of that, I sort of developed my own meditation practice, and I did that for years. Um, and at the time it was a, um, a type of practice that's known as a, a concentrative style, which is a, a meditation practice where you, you, uh, focus on an object or a subject, um, which could be like your breath or something mm -hmm. and doing so you kind of, uh, it distracts you from everything else. So you give it, give your full attention to that one thing at the exclusion of everything else. And in doing so, you kind of find stillness in that moment and, the capacity to focus as well and that, that that actually was something that i found really useful in terms of my work so i could be in a busy studio environment and have my work in front of me and, and the rest of the world would disappear mm. i could just focus on work um but yeah the same issue occurred i guess when i stopped working um my mind was still going crazy so that that technique wasn't necessarily what i needed uh, to deal with everything and if, if anything, I became a workaholic because I, I knew that when I was working, I could shut my mind off and I could just focus on something. And that that served a purpose in that I became obsessed with work and it helped me develop my career earlier on. That um, it wasn't really until I started Vedic meditation, which was probably like 10 years into my career, that I um, I really started to be able to sort of deal with that, that chatter in my mind. Hmm. That's so interesting because, as you said, like sometimes... I also feel that when I'm working or doing creative work, I, I get into the zone. And I think this happens to many of us, that this is the place where we are in our flow, right? And um, I think the fact that this is the place where we are in our flow can also lead to um, kind of become a workaholic or like not really allocating time to work and do creative work and time to like free your mind of any, um, any clutter even creative clutter, you know, like, and, and I think that 
I personally, as a creative, in the very beginning, I was sort of buying into this prototype of like constantly creating stuff, like being constantly in like working or thinking of new projects or like, um, you know, creating client projects or client creating projects for, projects for myself. And I think this is also like a, a very bad habit as a creative that you have to be creating all the time. Whereas I think that more and more I'm realizing personally that creating that space where nothing happens really enables creativity later on, right? Like this, these valleys sort of are the previous step to creating something, right? And I think there's no, uh, we're not very conscious of that um, need that we have as creatives, right? And um, and I think meditation or what what uh, what you were mentioning before, um, allowing time to like rest is actually so essential for us to to create, right? So, as you know, this is a listener-driven show. So, as we go down the questions from our listeners, I would like to discuss with you about strategies that we can use to cope with pressure as creatives. And, of course, we will learn more about meditation and how that can become a powerful tool for that purpose. I also feel that I personally had a lot of preconceptions about meditation. You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, like... it's it's not very clear what being mindful is or what meditation is about. And I think what you were mentioning before, which has to do with like focusing on something for a long time without thinking of other things, is already like a very simple concept to understand meditation. So I would like to deep, to um, go deeper into that concept um, as we go through the questions. So we will start with questions from our listeners coming from social media. Today, we have a question from Marion, who is saying, how can we feel less guilty when taking time for ourselves, knowing that the deadline is coming? So, Marion, I can totally relate to your question. And in fact, in fact, I think that what Marion is saying here is has to do with this idea that we, you know, in order to be successful, you have to be busy all the time. And I know that I have bought into that stereotype in the very beginning that you know the the busier I was and the more I was working overtime the more successful I felt or I thought I was um you know which is I think perhaps the fastest way of hating your work or end up hating your work um so what about you Luke um how do you see or go about um these times of inactivity in your work and uh what would you say to Marion that is feeling this guilt around those moments? It does feel, I guess, it, it can seem a little self-indulgent to sort of take take time out for yourself, but really what you're doing, I think, I actually think our, our relationship to being busy is really unhealthy. And there's mm -hmm. a really big difference between being busy and being productive. And I think mm -hmm. um, by taking time out for yourself, what you're actually doing is, um, you're clearing your mind and you're becoming more present and in doing so you're uh, inviting inspiration and you're able to work more efficiently so it might seem really self-indulgent and like a waste of time from from the outside someone sitting down closing their eyes for 20 minutes when they've got a million things to do and, and deadlines and whatever but what you're actually doing is um, enabling yourself to be able to to do your work more efficiently and um 
Meditation really works for me for that, I guess. But there are other other practices that people can do, but that's that's the one that's really helped me with um, with clearing my mind and being present. And what you were saying before about being mindful—that's the definition of mindfulness—is um, non-judgmental present moment awareness, and it's very much a byproduct of a, a meditation practice. Can you repeat that? What mindful uh, being mindful is? It's a, a non-judgmental. Mm -hmm. present moment awareness so uh, awareness of the here and now without any attachment to any anything to do with it just accepting what is here and now without judging that's so that's so interesting like without putting like a tag or like a label on it like this is cool this is not cool or yeah um so there's yeah, another you, yeah sorry uh, it just helps you, helps you to be more sort of adaptive and, and respond more fluidly i guess and just to Um, take on the information and, and then uh, do your thing, I guess, create. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you, you, you use meditation as a mean of like, as a coping me mechanism with this, um, this busy mind or this busy phases of your day, right? Um, is there any other techniques or coping mechanisms you use or is meditation like the one you Um, you prefer or you widely use in your daily life? Well, I use, I, use med I have a daily meditation practice, so I practice in the morning and in the evening. Hmm. Um, but outside of that, I, I surf. That, I find that really helpful being, um, being in nature. I, um, I do uh, breath techniques as well. So, so breath techniques can be really helpful for sort of stabilizing your nervous system or if, if you're in a situation where you have... Um, I get quite nervous before a meeting or something like that. If I feel feel like um, I'm not quite quite ready for it, I can take a moment and center myself and um, and focus on my breath and, and give give that attention and just ride, watch the rise and fall of my breath um, in my mind for five minutes before a meeting, and, and and it helps to sort of stabilize my nerves and and calm calm right down. And, and that's a really useful tool, just using your breath. It's very powerful. Yeah, that's so, that's so interesting. I think that. Um, you know, I recently started like doing small uh, sessions of meditation. Actually, um, I realized how meditation could be powerful as a tool, um, like about a year and a half ago, um, because I started like walking in the nights, going for a walk in the nights. Um, so during lockdown here in Germany, uh, because of COVID, um, I was just taking these long walks in the nights. So I was going for an hour around the city. And I noticed that th that had a big impact on my well-being, like on, on how I felt happy and more productive and more creative. Um, and I started realizing that it was perhaps I was allowing the space not to do anything, because if I would stay at home, I would just feel that, hey, I'm You know, I'm not doing anything. I need to do something. Either I, you know, I clean the house or I just do something in my computer or whatever. So just going for a walk, just, you know, put me in this position of like not being able to do anything, just walk. Um, and so I realized that there was something there on allowing space for, you know, to think or to not think about anything specific um, that I thought like there's something here. And then I started digging a little bit more into meditation. And of course, there's like different ranges of how you can meditate. Like um, I think most of the people has this idea or this 
um, image of meditation that has to do with this same position and like being there for an hour. But sometimes like just focusing on what you're doing in the moment, whatever that is, like washing the dishes or doing the dishes or like drawing or whatever you're doing is um, is already meditation, right? Like, um, and it has to a lot to do with this uh, with this concept of mindfulness that you just mentioned that um, you know how how being present and not judgmental judgmental of that thing you're seeing or experiencing is really or is really opening up that space right so i um i'm going to move on to the next question by corina um who is also speaking about um you know, this, this idea of like dealing with pressure and uh, dealing with deadlines at the same time. So Corina is saying, how to manage multiple projects with the same urgent deadline? And Corina, I have a question for you. First, why will you take multiple projects with the same urgent deadline? Um, I think that, you know, part of wisely managing um, the time as a creative, um, and, you know, the clients and your work is understanding that you have only that much energy. And, you know, my therapist uh, proposed me an exercise um, this week, actually. Um, she asked me to, you know, she asked me to write down certain categories in my life. So, for instance, and I think this could be useful for anyone, for anyone listening, for anyone watching on YouTube, and even for you, um, Luke. Um, so she made me write down all the category, different categories in my, in my life, right? So um, work and uh, kids and friends and my couple and learning. Um, and then she gave me 100 points. She told me that those 100 points represented all of my energy. And she asked me to assign points to the different categories, right? So according to how much energy I'm investing on those categories. And this was really revealing because if I noticed that I was putting little energy on my couple or on exercising or on work, um, then I needed to, you know, in order to improve that, I needed to carve energy from or points from the other categories, right? Um, and I feel that that concept can be so helpful to understand that you have limited capacity um, and you have to use that capacity and that energy wisely. Um, so I feel that, you know, the same can apply to a creative business where you are taking up or you're taking on client work. Um, you have an X amount of resources available and you need to decide where you put your energy, right? Um, and, you know, if you say yes to everything, then that energy or those 100 points will be spread out in a lot of different things, right? Um, but, but I feel that also us as creatives, it's, it becomes really hard to say no to stuff uh, because we want to do it all. Like we love what we do and every opportunity that comes our way is a good opportunity most of the times. We really want to do that work, right? So how do you deal with that? How do you deal with, you know, taking on work and managing your time wisely so that pressure don't eat you up i think this is like a um this is sort of a unique problem for freelancers more than more than anyone else because we we do have it is a bit of a roller coaster with freelancers either the tap is on or it's off and 
when there's a lot of work on, it is very hard to say no if you've had a quiet period. Um, so you do want to do it all. And I think some of us have the tendency to want to perfect everything, you know, like have the perfect piece and we can refine, we can refine something forever and never be satis completely satisfied. So I guess part of it is knowing when to um, let it go. You can only take something so far and then you have to sort of move on to the next thing. But um, it's also like you were saying, it is time management and uh, being efficient with your time. And that's, that's where I guess having a, a the capacity to be clear and present is really helpful because you are, when you are on something, you're not thinking about relationship issues and finance issues and um, self-worth issues and mm. other stuff. You are there in the moment with your work and, and you can focus on that and get through it without being distracted by other stuff, which isn't helping you in your task. You know, you can just focus on the task at hand, get through it and move to the next. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think that also like what Corina could do is if the idea is to take on several projects at the same time, that um, at least try to um, discuss with the clients uh, so that the, the deadlines don't overlap. You know, in my experience, I feel that deadlines are, most of the times are internal deadlines and they are flexible. So you can, you know, things happen in between. We are all humans, you know, like things get delayed uh, and you can always speak um, or move deadlines if you speak to the person in front of you, if you speak to your clients. So um, what I would definitely avoid, uh, Corina, is to have deadlines overlapping on the same day. This is really calling for disaster every time. <laughs> so don't do that, don't do that. Um, so all right, let's move to our next segment, which is our inspirational quote time. Look, we all love quotes. And especially lettering artists, we we live from this. Like we illustrate clothes, uh, quotes for a living. And in this section, we do our best to answer questions from our listeners with a quote. So we later put these quotes on uh, our show notes so that listeners can share them on social media. Um, the truth, look, is that we just chat about the question for a while, and if we happen to find a quote. We will put it on the show notes. Uh, if yeah. you don't happen to find a quote, then we will put something together for you and make you sound really, um, <laughs> really smart. <laughs> so here's the first question from Steve. Um, how to distinguish mindfully letting myself to rest from being lazy? And I love this. I love this question. Like, it's so honest. Um, because also we think that you know, watching Netflix or scrolling down our social media feeds can count as taking a break. But oftentimes these breaks, you know, they leave us more drained. Like, you know, when was the last time you were on social media and you um, you end up say saying like, oh, I'm so, I feel so refreshed. I feel yeah. so inspired, right? Like most of the time these experiences leave us like really drained. Um, and I have this quote for you that I wrote, Steve. Being distracted is another form of being busy. So putting yourself to rest is a lot more about subtracting the things you're exposed to um, rather than switching to another new thing. It's a lot more about decluttering, I feel, uh, right? Um, you know, it's, and I feel that this is perhaps one of the hardest things to do. Uh, when I started experiencing with, um, with meditation, 
what you were mentioning before, uh, Luke, this this um, practice of like focusing on one thing or focusing on your breathing and not just thinking about that is so freaking hard um, when you when you're you know when you're not used to. Uh, so actually, decluttering your mind from thoughts is like perhaps the the hardest thing to do. Um, and I'm curious what you have to say about this and. Um, yeah, how how is how was that um, that curve for you of like starting with meditation and then really turn it into um, a tool or something that is incorporated in your mind in your life? Well, it's uh, worth noting that that's not a, a technique that I practice anymore. So there are, mm -hmm. I mean, there are so many different techniques of meditation that that was, I guess, my gateway drug to, to meditation, and um, it is a it is a very common one, I guess, that that both those concentrative techniques. And they are challenging because you're using the same mind that's busy to try and control your mind. And, and that, that in itself is, a, is kind of crazy. And, and if you're trying to focus on your breath and doing so without trying to control your breath, that's kind of really tricky as well. So it does take a lot of practice, um, but it is, a, it is achievable. But the, uh, the, the, the particular technique that I teach uses a, a mantra now, which is a slightly different concept and a different style of meditation. Um, and it's, it's more of a, I guess you, the mantra that, that you are, you're given a personal mantra, I guess, in, in, in this technique. Mm -hmm. And that mantra has its own, almost like a gravity that draws you inwards. And uh, um, by giving it your attention, it draws you deeper and deeper um, to deeper and deeper and more subtle states of awareness. And in doing so, you, uh, as you, as you go deeper and deeper, you experience higher levels of bliss. So you start to feel more sort of content and out of that kind of contentedness um, comes the silence. So if you think about the way the mind kind of works, it's always looking for something, right? It's always searching for something that's going to, that's the most interesting or that's going to make, grant it the most happiness. Mm -hmm. um, but as, it, as the mind experiences the, these deeper and more blissful states, it begins to feel more and more content and it's not searching for anything. And, and in, in those moments you do, experience silence, I guess, as a byproduct of that, that bliss. Mm. And then you sort of come, come out of that and you, that, that sort of uh, a residue of that experience is left with you in the, in the waking state. And that's kind of how, how this technique works differently. So you just mentioned that from, um, you know, you find content in silence. So the technique actually leads your mind into silence and this is where you find content, right? If I got it leads, your mind, leads your mind into subtle states of awareness and the byproduct of that that bliss that you experience is silence so you're not mm. you're not actively silencing the mind you're um you're just going to deeper states of awareness and and as a byproduct you are experiencing that kind of silence but when you come out come out of the meditation that like i was saying that residue of, of that experience is there and you begin to experience um and interact with the world from that that sort of deeper state of awareness so that that um, that bliss, that the hint of that bliss is kind of still there, and that 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 quietness and that sort of deep, expansive kind of stillness is still there, and it um, it's sort of where you're based and experience the world, it, as opposed from being in that kind of reactive, um, busy kind of headspace. You're you're sort of you exist at a, at a deeper deeper level, more with um, like a subtler level of awareness. Mm, so interesting, and how. How, how did you actually turn that into a habit? Because I think the hardest 
the hardest thing is to turn these practices into habits, right? Like I, you know, we all have the habit or many of us have the habit of like scrolling on social media when we are um, in, in the supermarket line or I don't know, waiting for something. Um, whereas I think that perhaps with a bit more intention, we can create uh, habits that are more meaningful and a bit more um, healthy for our minds, right? So how did you turn that into a habit? Well, part of the, uh, I guess the way that you learn it, part of it is a almost like a commitment when you finish the course to to do it at least for 40 days without stopping. And uh, I think what most people find is after they've been practicing it consistently for that long, they they can they can already feel the benefits, and it becomes you almost become addicted, I guess, to to that good feeling. And and in do, in doing, I guess, in doing having a regular practice for that that sort of first 40 days, you don't really want to go back to the old you because you, mm. you know what it's like to be a more like a better you so oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I can so relate to that like I'm, I mean I feel I feel the kind of practice you do is so um you know has so much more intention and like a real commitment as you said right now but uh, you know when I when I speak about my night walks I'm super committed to this like I won't miss a night walk like not even on the weekends like I would totally do that because I know like I said to my husband the other day, like there's no way back. Like I'm not gonna go back to how it was before for me, or like to my previous state. Like this is so much better, and I just you know, if, if there's more, I just want more. You know, like uh, so that's why I'm so curious about how how do you go deeper into these practices? Because if they are so positive for your well-being, then how can you have more of that in your life, right? Um, so the, the second question I have here is coming from Eliasar, um, which is really interesting since we are speaking so much about meditation and how great that has been for you and well for me in the, the little um, exercises that I have done throughout this, uh, this past year. Um, so Eliasar is asking, how do you deal with pressure if you don't want to meditate? Um, and Eliasar, I have to say that I, I feel that meditation is not the answer to all problems. It's just one of many coping mechanisms. Um, and I feel also that, you know, I, I bet that perhaps Eliasar has this idea of, um, of meditation that I was mentioning before, that, you know, to meditate, you really need to have like two hours of, like meditate for two hours of your, of your day and totally change your lifestyle and become like a different person or whatever. And there is really like ways of using meditation in, um, in much more like reduced ways, but that, that they have a great impact in your, in your life. Um, but I feel that, you know, before we need to ask ourselves ourselves what why do are we feeling that pressure right so i i want i have a quote for eliasar which is like pressure is subjective and most of the times pressure is auto-imposed right um either we put ourselves high standards on the short time frame that we have or we say to ourselves that we need to make it to the deadline uh, or the world is gonna end right um so many of the obstacles we see are just facts. And that relates so much to where you were saying before about like observing reality without judging. And I think that, you know, pressure in a way is a lot about like assigning facts um, 
a certain label. So saying that, you know, because there's this deadline, I need to, you know, be nervous or like be anxious about it. Um, and actually it, it has a lot to do with us or how we see those facts, right? Um, and I'm, I'm now rereading a book that is called uh, by Ryan Holiday. I don't know if you read it perhaps, but it's super interesting for anyone. Like it's called The Obstacle is the Way. And he speaks about how we tend to freak out like in a nutshell, right? Like how we tend to freak out when we find obstacles um, and how freaking out is actually detrimental to creating a good outcome and how we put our own subjectiveness towards those facts, whereas these are just facts, you know? If you just take them as facts and you keep calm, then probably the how you deal with that obstacle um, will be a much more healthy solution or will lead to a much more healthy solution, right? Um, and you mentioned before that, um, I want to pass it to you now, uh, Luke. You mentioned before that you use meditation right now as a coping tool or like as a tool to, you know, feeling more happiness or feel more content in your life. Um, but I know that in the past, or you mentioned that you, in the past, you, you tried other methods that were not so healthy. And um, perhaps you have, um, you have a comment for Eliasar that is asking here, like, okay, I'm, I don't want to meditate or I don't feel that this is something for me. Which other things I can use that will help me cope or deal with pressure? Sure. I'm, yeah, pressure, the way that we respond to pressure is through stress and stress itself is like, like totally the enemy of creative inspiration that shuts down that creative part of your brain. So if you don't, don't have some way of dealing with stress, um, you're going to experience creative blocks and, and you're going to, you're not going to be able to sort of tap into that inspiration and, and you need some way to deal with that. And I guess, um, Meditation is a really effective way for me, but it's not the only thing that I do. I know that in the mornings I have a really, I have quite a, um, I've got a morning ritual. I, I don't look at my phone for the first hour of the day. Don't look at it. I, um, I don't speak to anyone for the first hour either. I, I get up, I meditate and I'll go for a, a walk. I'll go walk my dog down at the beach, um, come home and then, then I'll sort of interact with the world. But that's a really important thing for me. I, I have that, that sort of quiet time. And even if I didn't didn't meditate, I'd still do something like that. I think it's good to have that that time out, not just dive straight into emails and social media and stuff as soon as you wake up. Um, I think a, a healthy sleep healthy sleep hygiene is really important. If you're going to bed late or you're drinking five coffees a day, and and you, you know you, you you're not actually helping helping you yourself deal with stress because. When you rest, that's sort of when you process stress, and, and sleep's a really effective way of processing stuff. But if you're um, if you're if, if you get to the point where you're overstressed, then you can't sleep, and it's sort of like a vicious cycle, isn't it? So it is good to have some kind of um, I find it's good to have some kind of physical practice as well. Whether it be yoga is really good. If you don't like meditation, maybe yoga's not for you. But maybe I don't know. Um, running is quite good. I, I know that there's a sort of a meditative running movement where it's sort of like a, um, that, I guess it's, it's similar to mantra in a way that it's a repetitive kind of thing, you know, like it's focusing on just the next step and, and there is, there is a meditative quality in that. So maybe that could be a good option for you, but you do need to do, if you want any kind of longevity in this career, 
as a creative, you need to have a way to deal with pressure because it's not going away. There's always going to be tight deadlines. There's always going to be unreasonable clients. You're always going to need to come up with new ideas. There's always going to be competition. You're always going to have other stuff going on. There's going to be pressures from the rest of your life. Uh, and if you're not able to deal with all that, you won't be able to do your job. Absolutely. And I wrote down something that you say, which is um, stress is the enemy of creative inspiration. I think this is actually what we need to, as creatives, what we need to take care of more, right? And creating these habits, like some of them, of the ones you mentioned are resting, yoga, walking, um, running. So sort of allowing space for other things in your life. And I think, Eliasar, what you could do if you're not interested in meditation is like to exp experience this, these other alternatives and find which one, you know, which one is for you, right? Um, so as I said, with my with these walks that I do in the night, um, you know, I did that for a month and I saw like a, an improvement in my well-being and then I continue doing that because that works with, you know, the kind of life I have, you know, I put the kids to sleep and then I go for a walk and like it fits in my lifestyle, right? So you need to find um, something that works for you, but it's important that you um, work consciously towards finding that thing because otherwise it's like your... Um, your, you know, the things you're doing or your habits are being detrimental to your creativity, which is your, you know, your number one tool, right? Um, so I think those are really good, like, hints on how to find good habits um, to, you know, for creatives also and for someone who is uh, really feeling that pressure of working with clients and, you know, being a freelancer. Um, but it's a lot about, like, finding making compromises right like or or like making the compromise of like following that or doing something consistently um to maintain a certain level of health in your creative practice right yeah it's weird i guess a lot of people are, are happy to have like a gym membership and work on their bodies and stuff but they don't have that same relationship with their their mind they don't they don't have that same kind of dedication or commitment in, in trying to, to keep their mind clear and and help help with that kind of thing but it's really important in so many aspects of our lives to have some kind of way of coping with stress it, it's um it's toxic absolutely yeah. yeah absolutely so um look we're moving now to our better now segment which is the last segment of our show where we share something we are happy about or something that has impacted our lives lately it's a little bit of a gratitude moment that we have here in the show um so look what would you like to share that you're currently happy about uh, could be anything could be a project you're working on or something about your family or whatever you want to share with the audience well, this is a tough one because we are in lockdown it's um i'm homeschooling my kids i've got lots of work on but i am happy that we're all he healthy and um and we do live in a, a beautiful part of the world. And uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm just happy to, to be able to do something that I love. I love my job and I have for as long as I've done it. And I, I feel like in this world, that's a real privilege because not many people can say that. So I'm very grateful for being able to do what I do for a living. Absolutely. I feel the same way. And I'm also like, 
especially now, by the time this show is uh, being published, I, you know, the next day on the 27th of July, I'm opening registrations for my coaching program for lettering artists and illustrators. You know, for a couple of years now, I've been um, offering this program for, you know, to help lettering artists and illustrators launch their creative business. And I think what is, you know, this is such a great um, thing to do, not only for for me as, as a coach uh, of my students, but also I know that it has been transformative for many of them. Um, and what I love about the program is that it's not only about launching a freelance business, which has a lot of technicalities to it, but it's a lot about like thinking, you know, being mindful about what you're doing and being like very, um, you know, creating a business that is built around what you want to do and makes you happy, which is like something that I find so important in what we do as creatives that ultimately everything we do, how we build our business, the habits we have, our daily habits, um, you know, they build up towards making us happy, right? Because we are the number one tool of our business and our cre creativity and I think we are really in the center of everything. So um, I'm launching this, this uh, coaching program tomorrow. So it's, it's the opening registrations tomorrow. So for everyone that is interested in uh, taking part, I'm offering also a free workshop. So you can sign up for free um, on um, maketheleapnow.com. Registrations will open on the 27th of July. Uh, and they will be open for just three days. And after that, it's closed until next year. So if you're interested and you want to explore it, um, sign up for the free workshop. If you sign up for the free workshop, um, you will get tons of value of, uh, out of it. Whether you join the program or not, this is gonna be like a great experience for you to join. So you can go to maketheleapnow.com and sign up for the free workshop. So look, this is the end of our show. Um, it was so great to have you and to speak about yeah um where can people find you and uh, where can also people find about about your uh courses on ventric meditation um you can find me on instagram i've got uh, my my lettering account is luke underscore lucas and my meditation account is luke underscore lucas underscore meditation so those Amazing. two places or you can find me on lukelucas.com as well i've got my own website Online. Amazing. So, is ventric meditation med meditation or vendic? Uh, vedic. So it's vedic. The Sorry. Yes. Amazing. We're we're gonna add all of this to our show notes, um, so that everyone can find you and find your classes. I'm personally gonna dig into that as well. Um, so thank you so much for being here today um, and for being in the show. So, Great. for everyone watching, this is it. Uh, you can find me, the host of this show, on social networks at Martina Flor on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you have a question or comments about this, this podcast, um, you can um, send us a voice message on martinaflor.com slash voice message. Uh, you can also watch this podcast on YouTube, um, going to martinaflor.com slash YouTube. Um, you can, of course listen to all the to this episode and previous episodes on your favorite uh, podcast platform so this is it for today 
If you love this episode, subscribe to this channel. And if you leave us a review, it will help others find us. Um, so thank you all for listening and see you on the next episode of Letter Now. Bye-bye.